my husband and I are very consciously in this new up-leveling ourselves of really looking at our marriage and our partnership at the top of the pyramid, which is what we've been doing, but really acknowledging and even calling ourselves this, that we're both the bosses of our lives. Hello and welcome to Mother the Mother. I am McLean McGowan. This podcast is an offering for all women to gather energetically, sister to sister, mother to mother, to co-create a sacred space for healing, educating, and sharing as we journey through motherhood and womanhood. It is such an incredibly powerful moment in time to be a woman, and I thank you for showing up on behalf of yourself and for all of the women in your lives, past, present, and future, to honor our matriarchal lines, all who came before, and all who will come after. Jema. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm McLean, your host. Oh, it's a beautiful day here in LA. We've had so much rain as of late, which makes me so, so happy. And today the sun is shining and the plants look so happy. It's, um, it's interesting living in a place where we don't get a lot of rain. And it's actually one of the things I miss most about not living in Tennessee is the thunderstorms and the rain and the cleansing. So I feel very, very lucky that we've had so much for our hills and our mountains and our animals and our plants lately. I just pulled a card for my Earth Warrior Oracle tarot cards. If you guys don't know these, they're amazing. Earth Warriors Oracle. It's all very female-based. Um, they're all females. And they're they're just beautifully illustrated and the explanations I find to be so illuminating. It's called Rise of the Soul Tribe of Sacred Guardians and Inspired Visionaries by Elena Fairchild. And I was really in a good habit of doing it every morning. And then I also love the animal cards and I would rotate, but I've just kind of fallen off. Oh, and the medicine woman. I have like three, three tarot decks that I like. But of course, today's pull was apropos, of course, as it always is, divine timing. I pulled the goddess of Teotihuacan. I believe is the pronunciation. She guards the water of life. And I haven't read through the whole thing because I literally just pulled it because I like to get an intention about what I'm supposed to be talking about today and what spirit would have me talk about for you guys. And it said, the ancient guardian mother protects the waters of life and offers her protection and blessing. Her appearance, Aguar's a time of purification and cleansing leading to enhanced fertility. You are a creator of new consciousness, a generator of positive energy as fuel for constructive outcomes. We need your vitalized being to keep nourishing the human collective with helpful alternatives to mainstream consciousness. You will be protected and supported at the deep level of soul in order to become the creator and custodian of a clean reservoir of consciousness from which souls thirsty for purity, relief, and love can drink. The ancient mother will help you to help her and the many creatures within her care. She will help you to be fearlessly inventive with your loving creations of healing consciousness. Aho. So that made me feel really on brand this morning because sometimes, you know, I don't, first of all, with this podcast, this is just such a labor of love and I'm hoping that it's helping 
any of you out there, giving you resources of people that can help your healing journey and just to get you thinking in new ways that can support your journey as well. You know, I don't love hearing myself talk. Like it's it's slightly painful for me to do the solo episodes because it does feel like me in a vacuum and, you know, trying to listen back to my solo episodes is kind of like fingernails on a chalkboard. When I'm when I'm doing the interviews, it's just fun and I could do it for 10 hours and not even blink an eye. Um, but with the solo episodes, I do think they're important because I can go a little bit deeper into a topic that I feel called to share or that something that I'm going through myself and feel uh, that it's really good timing to share. So I just wanted to clear up some things from last week's solo episode on childcare help. And I'm really (laughs) aware that it was a lot of circular talk and probably very disjointed. And I hope that you can grant me some um, uh, patience (laughs) and grace in my uh, solo episodes because it is so hard for me to talk authentically and keep it linear because all of these topics are not linear. You know, I can't just make a blanket statement about nanny care that doesn't then involve your own care as a child and then what how your mother mothered and how your grandmother mothered and you know the hired help, you know, three generations back or more. You know, it's it's all part of this like cosmic soup and so it's very hard just to kind of like pick out these perfect little taglines. And definitely people out there do it beautifully. I'm just not one of those people because I, it doesn't, when I read certain like snippets, um, I don't always find them that helpful because it's like, okay, and like, what's all the backstory, you know? So anyway, I I don't know if that was even a helpful episode. It really, the intention was to get your mind thinking about what childcare kind of, I mean, A, what it means to you in the physical plane, like actually in the bare necessity of the here and now of taking care of your kids when you're not with them. But it's also um, a deeper dive into your priorities as a woman and as a mother and acknowledging your own needs and your own mental health, as well as your partnership and just the habits and patterns that we have imprinted on us as little children and that our mothers have imprinted on them and, and back and back and the other generations. So yeah, I, uh, and I was trying just to keep it not even at all personal, but then it's, I do share personal parts because those are my best examples, right? Cause I'm living them and I'm, I'm happy to share my personal experiences in real time. Um, like I had shared a bit, we have been going through an up-leveling moment in our own childcare situation as my work really steps up a level and it's all the feelings, you know, it's all the things. And there's definitely a part of me kind of buried deep in there that just feels like, you know, if I didn't have any of these ambitions, if I didn't want to reach more women, if I didn't want to do this work, it would be easier. It would be calmer and smoother if I was a stay-at-home mom. And that's such hard work. So I acknowledge that it's the hardest work in the world but it's just not where I am in my life. And I know if I, because I do have those days where I'm like, should I just scrap everything and just stay home with my kids? But I know in my soul, I will not be happy if I do that because I have a calling in this lifetime 
And I have to honor that. And it's funny, I was just listening. The only CD player I have in my life is in my car. I have an old car. And I was going through CDs. I threw out a lot of old CDs a couple of weeks ago when I was going through yet another purge. And it was one of the law of attraction, Abraham Hicks. And I've never gone super deep into that work. I, I love the quotes and I've just never gone like deep dive into it all, but I actually would really like to because I it, it just resonates so deeply with me. But I love listening to it in the car because I just get these little snippets and it wafts over me. I listen to it for five or 10 minutes. Then I turn the music on. It was a really interesting, which I've, I've listened to it a couple of times, but this morning on the way to taking my daughter to school, it was talking about how there's actually a need for a reframe, especially as mothers that have children, because it's almost like owning our selfishness, owning the fact that each one of us has a soul contract to be here in this world at this time. And that soul contract is me and spirit. It's me and God or Buddha or whatever you connect to in that realm. And it's a very personal relationship. And it's a lifetime of me having that relationship to honor the divine spark within me and share my gifts, right? And we each, one of us living on this earth at this moment, have that. So no one's better than another person. It's all about finding your spark, what lights you up, and what is your gift to give to humanity at this point in time. And I think that's just a really interesting thing to hold and really feel that because I think, you know, with all these kind of like spiritual wellness quotes that we hear all the time, it's like, yeah, of course, sure. But to really own that because when we own that, then we're honoring that within our children as well. And it it really illuminates how as mothers, we're kind of going around a lot of the time trying to control our little people to our own will. And I'm definitely guilty of that. You know, like I was talking about the other day, like the whining really triggers me. And, you know, again, like no blame, no pro con. It's just like looking at habits and patterns. And why am I trying to force my kids to what makes me feel comfortable? Because as Abraham Hicks was sharing, basically we're all going around in life from our own lens, right? No matter how selfless you think you are, no matter how benevolent and graceful that's still like the prism in which we judge our life or we see our life is, is this making me feel good? Is this making me feel bad? Is this bringing me joy? And it's awesome when it syncs up with our family and all those around us, but you know, oftentimes it doesn't. So just like noticing that and where are you trying to control because it's making you feel uncomfortable because that's, Honestly, within my own self and my mom friends, my mom clients, I see so much anxiety and depression and fear all in this like toxic soup around the need to control. And I reposted a beautiful quotation today, which I'm going to read right now uh, via Instagram. And it was written by this woman named Julie Holden Ferguson, whom I do not know. This is a repost and a repost, Um, but I'm going to look her up. But I'm going to actually take the time to read this because I think it's really important. We tend to try to micro control so many different parts of our days and aspects of our child rearing. 
And it's coming from a loving, good place, right? I mean, it's all coming from a good place. We're trying to do the best for our kids all the time. And it's overwhelming. And, you know, especially as a first time mom, it's the learning curve is like a straight line up into the air, right? It's not this kind of like, oh, I'll just learn a little bit today and a little bit tomorrow. It's so full on immediately. And um, it's just something to consider. I've always, and I've talked about this a lot, of coming back to your mental health and your physical health when making decisions because you are the matriarch of the family. You are the queen. You are at the top with your king if you're partnered but you're at the top of the pyramid. And so your mental health, your stability, your emotional stability, your spiritual stability, all of those things are massively important. So just knowing that, you you know, do the best that you can in any given hour, any given day. And sometimes it doesn't look great and it doesn't look graceful. And then other days you really shine and you're winning. Um, so it's just acknowledging there have to be, there's so many factors that have to line up, you know, to have things go exactly how we want them and to be in such deep gratitude when they do. And then also forgive ourselves and forgive others when they don't align that way. So this is, I'm assuming she's a teacher, but this is the quotation, which will be a couple of minutes, but I think it's really important. And it, it moved me this morning when I read it. When I look around my classroom, I couldn't tell you who crawled first, who walked before one, or spoke in sentences by 15 months. I can't tell you if their parents breastfed or bottle fed. No clue if they still wear pull-ups at night, because I'm sure many do. I don't know if they potty trained at 18 months or four years old. I don't know if their mom ever let them cry it out for a few minutes, or if they strapped them to their bodies 24-7. You know what I can tell you when I look at my kids? I can tell you which families value kindness and manners in their homes. I can tell when a child feels loved and secure at home. I know who has pizza and movie Friday nights and which mom reads in different voices for bedtimes. I see how kids handle scary situations like thunderstorms. I can see who has a solid routine at home and who has chores and responsibilities. I can hear how you speak to your children by how they speak to others. When I look at my little friends, I don't see their milestones. I see who they are, their heart, their actions, their inner voice, their struggles and triumphs. And I see you and all the love you pour into them. Literally reading that again, I get the chills because, wow, you know, we can put so much emphasis on certain things, but really love is the most important thing. Love and that security and safety that we give our babies. And, you know, I just to give an example, like I am so pro breastfeeding. I think breast milk is the best, you know, it is. And I think it's a really important attachment between baby and mommy. And every time you breastfeed, mom's getting a hit of the oxytocin. And, you know, it's, it's like a perfect symbiotic relationship in nature right? I also have formula fed my kids and I pumped milk to put into bottles. Like I've done it all the ways because that's what worked for us also and what I needed also physically and mentally. And with the second kid, I had uh, the chance to kind of like forgive myself a little bit more and a little bit deeper for those things. But you know, what matters is that 
I wasn't bugging out 24-7 and stressed and yelling at the rest of my family and letting my marriage fall apart because I was so stressed about breastfeeding. And again, no shame. Like we all go through our own journeys of like hell. But I'm just saying, you know, every action has a reaction. And so figuring out what's best for you and your family comes first. It doesn't matter what the experts say. It doesn't matter what all the books you read say. It doesn't matter the podcast you listen to. It really is having the inner guidance and the self-knowledge to know thyself and know what you need to show up in the healthiest way that you can. And I just, I think I'm going to read this every day because I think keeping the overall intention of your family is so important. And that's for me is love and peace and fun and laughter and um, us all having a wonderful time together. And a lot of those details just don't don't matter. But having a kid that is well-rounded and loved and knows how to treat those around her with kindness, you know, goes goes so far in this world. And, you know, my oldest is eight now and that's something that we are really implementing. And at this age, you see... You see, obviously, different parenting styles from birth and all of our friends and mommy groups and play groups and preschools. But as the kids develop even more, and I'm sure like in the years to come, it's going to even be more highlighted, but I'm just not even thinking that far ahead yet. But just seeing it now, um, wow, there's a vast array of parenting styles and it's so important to be involved with your kids. Uh, I was talking to my cousin yesterday who has an 11-year-old. I was talking to a best friend this morning who also has an 11-year-old. And, you know, whether your kids are in fancy private school, public school, you know, magnet school, homeschool, we're all dealing with the same issues. And it's not like it was decades ago where you just send your kids off to school and you're like, yeah, they're pretty much taken care of. I just feel like we're in a time in this global community where kids, no matter how much you shelter them in real life, they're seeing stuff in movies, billboards, you know, Instagram, obviously, Facebook, any social media, video games. Um, We can't protect them and um, really keep the blinders on as much as we could even 10, you know, 20 years ago. So I just feel like it is... It's uncomfortable, but it's really owning this thought of I'm going to have to be a full-time mom mentally and like a gangsta warrior when it comes to being vigilant with my kids. And I think there's a very fine line between helicopter parenting and just being vigilant and being really involved in your kids' lives, keeping that open vessel where they feel safe enough to come talk to you without judgment or just keeping the um, the lines of communication open. And we all want that as teenagers. Obviously, having teenagers, we want that. But you have to start that years and years and years in advance. Like, I think it's really delusional for us to be like, yeah, of course I want my teenager to talk to me. And then really start implementing it at like age 12 because that's the age they're going to be like, yeah, no, thanks, mom. I don't really want to share all this stuff with you. So it's so tricky. And to be that ear that you can listen to, but not judge it harshly because the more you judge, then they're going to think, oh, this isn't a safe space for me to share that. So I'm not going to. And I even see that within myself. I get real mama bear about, you know, other girls being catty to my daughter or, 
you know, parenting styles that I think is like not cool or pretty atrocious. And I do talk to my daughter about that pretty openly because I don't want her thinking these things are okay. But again, you have to know your own kid. You have to know what they can handle. I personally think they can handle a lot more than we give them credit for. And when we try to hide things for them, it's even just way more confusing for them. So um, it's important to me to find ways to be really consciously honest and open with my kids and very clear with my languaging, which is a process. But we had a a group, you know, get together with um, my daughter's class maybe a month ago. And not all the kids came, but it was really great. And there were other things I wanted to do that day. There was, um, it was Mercado Sagrado weekend. And yeah, I, I'd wanted to go to that and plan on going that. And then actually wanted to see a friend that was in town doing, um, holding a circle there. And I just had to like, you know, mom up and and go to the playgroup because I knew how important it was. It's important to know the other moms, meet the other moms. We're at a new school. We're the newbies. And to really put the time in um, to notice and know who I think is appropriate for my daughter to go have a play date at someone else's house and who isn't. And again, it's not penalizing anyone else or um, being judgmental even necessarily. It's just about who aligns with the energy I want my kids to be around. And it gets way more complicated as they get older. But it was definitely illuminating. Just like, yeah, I don't I don't think that's going to be a good fit for um, fostering that relationship, you know? And then meeting other moms and seeing the, the other girls play together, like, oh, that's actually a family that I see is mirroring what I want with us too or how I, how we parent. And so it's just, you know, it's important to take the time and to really know who's around your kids. And um, the journey continues. I mean, like life is in full session and it's not slowing down anytime soon. So, um, you know, circling back to the childcare situation, which I was describing the other day, we ended up having a really deep talk last night with our childcare provider and it was really uncomfortable and tears were shed. I I got a little bit more fired up than I was expecting to and a little bit aggro, but it was stuff that I really needed to release that I've been stuffing down for months, if not years. There was definitely stuff for years I'd been, you know, and that's on me and I took responsibility for that. That's on me that I was not expressing certain things. And, you know, it does circle back, which underlined for us, that the love that she does give our kids and our kids feel for her and that we feel for her, it is paramount. And the safety that we feel, like that is, that really is so important to us. And I feel like if that wasn't the number one, then we would have hired someone else a long time ago. So it was just good to reaffirm that and then also be really honest and keep coming back to like, I love you. This has nothing to do with that. This has to do with I am in a new level of work and I cannot be worrying about X, Y, and Z when I'm not at home. Because what it's done in this past year is added 
such a level of stress to my own body and my psyche. Like it's kind of crazy when I'm explaining it to a friend when I go through the different like aspects of it. It's um it's really wild that I actually allowed myself to kind of suffer through that much. And that may sound dramatic, but just having her run late and then I have to be in work at Silver Lake, you know, because I work in people's homes. I'm not even just going to an office, like, you know, white knuckling it to get there on time. And that just wrecks my adrenals. And then I have to show up in such a completely clear and neutral space. And I'm pretty efficient at being able to clear my body and my system. But just all of those like micro things really add up over the day and the weeks and the months. So getting very clear on that. Um, I took a friend's advice and literally wrote on paper the schedule every single day of like the timing of everything. And if in talking about with my husband too and her, if that's cool, if that's going to work for her because that's what I need and that's what has to happen, whether it's her, myself or my husband in charge, like that's the new schedule. We all have to follow it. And this is the the interesting partnership piece is with three different caregivers is a triangulation, right? And so little things were slipping and it's also cultural things. It's like food things. Oh, what's this little treat? Just like a tiny bite of this, blah, blah. But what ends up happening is our kids are really, really smart and they learn very early on what they can get from different people. And it's not from a sinister place. It's from like an actual survival developmental place. Like they're really smart, which is awesome because we want that. We want them, if they're dropped in the woods, to know like how to get help and how to, you know, keep themselves going. So it's it's an important de- developmental thing. But when you have different caregivers not on the same page, it's like a perfect disaster waiting to happen. And my husband and I are very consciously in this new up-leveling ourselves of really looking at our marriage and our partnership at the top of the pyramid, which is what we've been doing, but really acknowledging and even calling ourselves this, that we're both the bosses of our lives, which sounds like so kind of cheesy and base, but we are the two bosses of our family, of everything, of our finances, of our groceries, of how the house is kept, everything, of our kids. So if we're both the bosses, everything has to be transparent with everything. And we're in a place where that's where we want to live. That's where what we want. And so it just called for a conversation where we're all in line with how we're going to be treating our kids and the schedule. And um, and that that falls on me too of like not, you know, now I have to follow the schedule too. It's not just running to Erwan yet again for, for dinner that we want and um, having that late play date or having, you know, staying late at a play date to have dinner and getting back, you know, an hour and a half, two hours after bedtime or whatever it is. And of course there are moments for that, but I really want to rein it in and we are reining it in and that just takes a little bit more diligence. So it went pretty good and I'm proud of us. I feel like a huge weight is off my shoulders for the moment. And it also is such um, a good example that when we go through these things and go through this really uncomfortable, angry, uh, resentful stuff 
and can get to the other side of it, you know, there's so many lessons that are learned. And one of that is a tighter bond with people, understanding people more fully, understanding your boundaries, her understanding my boundaries and me understanding her boundaries and not having these expectations that are just kind of like looming and aren't spoken about because I think we just set ourselves up for disaster when we have these expectations of anybody in our lives, any relationship that we aren't being fully honest about because we then we don't really know where anyone stands at any one time and it feels very unclean to me and I don't like to feel that anymore. I'm no longer accepting that in my relationships. Um, that's just not how I want to live. My friend group is very small now because if I can't just have real clear, honest talks, I'm just not interested. I don't have the time. I don't have the bandwidth and I don't want it in my life. And it also showed to me, like I have the tools now. My kids are old enough now that if we did need to hire new help, I now have the confidence to know that I can find other appropriate help that will love my kids just as much and who I will feel safe with and have really great boundaries with. So it also just has given me, going through this process, a new level of confidence. And again, it's easier as your kids get older because they're in school or they're in preschool or you kind of have more of like a grid in which to work. Like it's definitely more overwhelming when they're they're newborns and toddlers. So anyway, it's all the things. And in the childcare or the the help talk last week too, you know, I didn't even go into any of the alternatives either. Again, it was such a massive topic and I almost spoke for an hour. But acknowledging a lot of people cannot afford childcare also. And I do want to speak to that because I think there are other ways that you can set that up for yourself. You can find other mommy friends in your neighborhood. You know, mommy classes are great to go to to start to develop some relationships if you don't have that in your community. And start up either nanny shares where you pay one nanny to watch a couple of kids and you can rotate to each other's houses or set that up for yourself, you know, mommy care. So you can have, you know, two or three or four or five and kind of create that village for yourself of rotating at people's houses so you can get your time a couple hours a week. You know, there are different ways to set it up. If you have family, obviously that's a huge help. Um, even younger, like mommy helpers, even if you aren't leaving the house, but just having someone else in the house so you can journal upstairs or take a bath or do a Pilates mat workout or whatever it is um, that you can just get a little space in your brain because it's a lot to be a full-time mom every day, all day long, especially if they're not at school. Like it's, it's, uh, it can make you feel a little crazy. So it is so important to find community one way or another. And I think that's all I've got for today. Happy holidays, wherever you are in your holiday journey. I hope you're having a wonderful time and refilling your cup in all the ways, even just a couple minutes every day, just coming back to yourself, making clear boundaries with the time that you need, even if it's like a 30 minute walk solo when you're staying at your mother-in-law's, like just get out, you know, accept the help around you and help empower others to step up and be with your kids more without you. Like it's important for our kids to have relationships with other people besides us. Um, and I feel like we reduce our stress too when we can allow for that and then 
physically exit the scene for a little bit. Go to a yoga class, go for a walk, call your best friend, listen to a podcast, whatever it is, take a nap, go get a facial. Um, and then also just protect yourself, you know, do some guided meditations. I always love meditating before going into big family functions. Just kind of set up your internal space so you don't have to go in getting like triggered and riled up. Uh, I mean, that may still happen, but to a lesser degree, just like, you know, go in with, with being full, you know, and then other people's comments or projections can like just gently kind of bounce off your auric field around you. Um, but it takes discipline, but it's worth it. It's so worth the time and energy we put into our own healing. And then we're a great example for others too. So sending you all so much happy, healthy holiday love and so looking forward to 2020 and all that it's bringing for all of us, the abundance, the self-worth, the rising up, mothers together, women together, families together. And, you know, acknowledging where we need to work and delve a little bit deeper into learning more, educating ourselves. And then also really acknowledging your wins. Like, where are you killing it in the mom game? Like, own that. You're doing a fucking awesome job and let that in. You know, feel that in your bones so much that you don't even need the recognition from those around you. Like, you are giving that to yourself. And if you have a hard time doing that, give that to your sisters and let them give it back to you so that you learn to receive it. And then you can bless yourself with that energy because we are all doing so much. We're holding so much space in the world with our kids, with our partners, with our families every single day. So um, I see you and I love you and sending so much, so much love over the airwaves. Jema. 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 Jema.